And we're back. Welcome to another episode of the SeaWorks Podcast. Contact Awards where we look to make digital experience simple, affordable, and accessible. And a lot of where the thought process, both in the no-code world as well as design, it really came from a guy who, as I was talking to him a little while ago, is the evangelist of uh, the no-code movement. And I had to, I wanted to, one, thank him for it earlier, and then also apologize to him for earlier, because I find myself essentially echoing the same sentiments of of, uh, this idea of no-code and what it really means. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce everybody to Drew Thomas. What's going on, Drew? How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Uh, Appreciate it again for jumping on. Um, your kid get jumps in the room. Uh, we're going to roll with it. I've got two in the living room who I'm sure I'm going to start hearing bumps, uh, in bumps on the floor soon. And yeah. it might be interrupted so, before you hear him come in. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what it is. So Drew, why don't you do me a favor? Tell us about yourself and what your background is and what it means to, if you really want to delve into it, what the no code movement really is. Yeah, yeah, sure. <clears throat> So I, uh, my background is kind of in the agency world. I started, I co-founded an agency um, actually when I was 19 and in college and did that for most of my career. And then when I went out on my own, I was doing similar agency type things like um, making websites, making apps, marketing um, for clients as like a freelancer. And uh, somehow... You know, I've always kind of been in tune with this no-code thing, like with Squarespace sites and Dreamweaver sites back in the day. But somehow no-code as a movement just kind of uh, started coming to the forefront. All these people started calling it no-code and it started growing. And I saw it and I was interested previously, you know, ancillarily. I was just kind of, it was something I knew about, something I thought was cool. But when I saw this movement forming, I just decided to go all in and go all in early and tell people about it, kind of spread the word, that kind of thing. And so I converted my uh, my own agency, which is like a freelance shop. I converted that to all no-code. So now I do all no-code work for clients. And then I started this site called the No-Code List, where I started aggregating no-code tools, which then kind of just opened this new world where I'm connecting to all these tools and I'm getting early access to stuff and, and hearing from all these people who are doing all these really cool things in all different corners in no code. So it's, uh, it's been kind of a wild journey and it's, it's still happening. Like no code is very, very early and it's still kind of unknown to most people. So, so when, when we talk about no code, what does that really mean? Uh, because I intuitively, it made sense to me, but for the vast majority of people, I mean, this is exactly what it sounds like or from, especially from somebody who, was it, a, it has an injury and background? By the way, at 19 years old, you're starting your own agency. Your own agency that that makes me jealous. But <laughs> I was great. Um, I give all the credit to my co-founder. Really, I was kind of along for the ride. But it was it was a really great experience, like a great kickoff to where I am now. Do you feel? Um, I have some agency experience as well. And um, while it didn't last super long, it was less than a year. It was incredibly intense. But it was problem solving on steroids. Do you feel similar, or how would you rate your experience with the agency? Yeah, it's it's problem solving, um, but it's also like you'd expect it to be problem solving on the uh, on the actual project side. But it's it's like fifty percent that and fifty percent 
just like client problem solving. You know, there's a lot of right. client relationship, personal give and take. It's it's a kind of like a different beast to make a project for a client. So there's a lot of that too. Um, and when you think when people think no code, uh, you mentioned some what I think would a lot of people might be familiar with, but like Wix. You did mention that you actually mentioned Squarespace, but I know Wix is up in there and the yeah, platforms. Essentially, drag and drop, templatize uh, based website platforms. Is that a good way to characterize them? I would say that that's one part of no code, and it's uh, right. kind of getting to to the question you're you're asking before. It's like the the term no code is probably not very intuitive to most people, so it it kind of implies without code or anti code or something like that, which isn't totally true anyway. But really, what it is 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 software that allows you to do things you previously could only do with code, but it allows anyone to do it. So websites is a great example where you can um, just sign in on a web on a you know in the web browser and start building a website. You don't have to know code, you don't have to know how, and you can publish a website and update it and all that stuff. That's one pretty huge aspect of no code, but it also kind of extends into other areas like uh, Zapier and Integromat where. You might just be connecting two different services that your business uses or outputting a report or something where you might not be building a website, but you're doing something with a visual interface that you're not coding, but you're achieving a, a code-like result. And then um, from there, it goes crazy. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Like you can do voice stuff, like uh, apps for skills for Alexa, and you can do machine learning, and there's all kinds of no-code tools popping up now so it's, it's hard to even define the barriers of what no code is well one of the areas that um you and as a result of me copying you essentially um, that i started taking a look at was bunkable and that's specifically mm -hmm. around applications and pwas is that right what is your what are your thoughts about bunkable yeah i mean thunkable is is like one of the most kind of open-ended native mobile app creators and they did recently announce it from the same build. You can create iOS app, Android app, and like a PWA, like a web yeah. app. Awesome. Um, and they're like, I mean, they're they're a perfect example of visual development, which is you're you're actually using code concepts and writing code to do that. Like, not not literally writing code words, but you're you're using code. You're just dragging blocks instead of writing it. But that's how you make all the interactions happen. So that's kind of like an open ended, higher end no code tool and you can compare that on like on the easier end there's there's tools where you can take a google spreadsheet like glide apps um, you take a spreadsheet and it just converts it into an app for you and you're not actually doing all the complex code related um concepts mm -hmm. you know you're just it's just an easier way to make an app so that's kind of a good a good look at the two different ends of that spectrum of of uh, what you can do and how complex some of these tools are that's a great point because in my agency days, one of the bigger hangups that we had, and I don't know how it automates this, but we're getting apps uh, submitted and accepted into the iTunes store. Uh, the Google store was easy. Uh, they they accept almost anything it felt like, uh, but iTunes was incredibly stingy. Do you, do you know how it handles those things? Yeah. So I have an app in the app store, in both app stores that I made. Nice. It's called Yesterday's Weather. And... Um, it was really challenging to get it into the Apple App Store. They actually they denied it because of a code-related thing at first. So I had to go to Thunkable and kind of work it out with their support. 
Um, and then once we figured that out, they denied it because they said it wasn't app like enough. They said it was too much like a website. So I had to actually add like a, you know, the bottom bar and make it look more like a traditional app to get it. Really? Yeah, it was really? a while. It took a couple of months actually for me to get it accepted. You know what? You, you put a post out there, didn't you, about this? This is, I think, where I'm getting some of the question from. Am I right or no? Did you make I, a, I definitely have. And there's also been like some interviews about this because it was kind of a, a novel thing at the time that it was a fully no-code native app. I mean, there are a bunch that exist, but not everyone's heard about them. So I, I made some a little bit of a splash with that and did a few interviews and got some articles. Excellent, man. Um, and where do you, what, what is the value of no code? I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of, obviously, uh, I've been in it a little bit as a result of our relationship. You've obviously been in it for a lot longer. I would call you an expert in the world, in this world. Where do you find the value for uh, like small business owners or medium businesses? I mean, it's like to, to put it in kind of like a like higher level terms, what NoCode does is it sort of like augments humans, right? So you're just a normal human. You're not a developer. You're doing any, any of the millions of other jobs that aren't developer jobs. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have this power to, to make yourself superhuman, whether you're automating a process that you used to do manually, whether you're creating some kind of charts and graphs for internally or creating a little website externally, all these different things. And so what it's doing is, is it's giving people like these superpowers basically. And so for business, it just directly translates into time saved, money saved, especially if you're a business that's hiring developers for this stuff. So if you're hiring developers already, you're going to save a ton of money um, by having your employees build the things that they need themselves. If you're not hiring developers, then you're going to have these employees that start to get really efficient and are able to to do what developers would do. I think that's that's kind of really the the promise of it or like the the value of it. And then like I also see the secondary value from the agency side or from like client work side, mm-hmm. the speed you know which translates into to charging less. But you can make these beautiful products that are really um, high quality and good, and you can make them really fast, which means you can choose to charge less for them. And it's, it's just a situation that's never been possible. It's always been that thing where you have to uh, pick two, you know, they say good, fast or cheap, pick two. And no <laughs> value is you can have all three. Um, you know, the other thing that really jumps out at me as a value is obviously cheaper than are, are less expensive, if you'll not necessarily cheap in its negative connotation, but also yeah. volume wise that you can finish, start and finish products or projects within uh, a smaller amount of time, thereby increasing the number of billable hours or however it is as an agency they choose to, to build. Would you agree or no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I tell people it just in general terms, like a website that used to take two months to code uh, takes two weeks to just build in Webflow. And it's just yeah. a, a crazy difference. That's awesome, man. Um, and I I built a site for a client, um, actually just between you and I. I know you're, you're still based out of Austin, correct? Yep, yep. Um, and uh, me being in a small town just north of uh, San Antonio, uh, he's based out of Kyle, Texas. And I did it on the Wix platform, and it took me about 25 hours to, to do. Um, and I use a no-code platform, clearly. But the Webflow, that's so when you started talking about those names, I started looking at them. And I think your site, or at least your main site, is built on B12. Is that right? What on my, my uh, agency site, Work and Whistle? 
Yeah, yeah. Or or maybe I'm wrong. That's built on Webflow. Webflow. Oh, which I thought I thought I saw a Beach website out there from you. But um, regardless, tell us a little bit about the advantages of a Webflow versus uh, the two months that you had talked about. You you mean like uh, as far as the speed to develop or like what the product is? Yeah. Well, so think about it. Um, if it takes two months to build that, clearly the product is different, right? Uh, and what are we talking about? WordPress? Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I would say I would include a WordPress site in that. If people come to me and they, and they want to build in WordPress, that's about what it would take. And also I, I have my own or I had my own proprietary platform that I would use sometimes. Like it, whatever it is, it was just that general two months. And the really crazy thing is that with Webflow in two weeks, I believe the site is actually better. And part of the reason for that is Webflow's infrastructure. Like they are hosting so many sites and they're fast, their stuff's all distributed. Uh, they have really great security, all that kind of stuff. So that core level of, of tech stuff is taken care of. And then like if I drag something in Webflow onto the screen, and it's a you know whatever it is, it's kind of like all already responsive, and it already looks good on a mobile. Like a lot of these little details are taken care of. Where if you're coding something, you know, and you're hitting that two month mark, and you're running out of time, and little details get missed, that kind of thing, those details are just done in Webflow. So for for those reasons, I I truly think that it would be hard to argue that a, a person hand coding a website or using a platform like WordPress is going to create like a, a better quality site. I mean, it. It depends on the site, obviously, but there's really nothing bad or, or poor quality about Webflow. And in fact, like I said, I think it's actually really good, really high quality. Awesome. Um, and I, my, you know, you're making my mind race even more. So thank you so much for that. Um, <laughs> and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, where you find yourself in a day to day. So one, uh, you mentioned that you were talking to, with a, if you want to talk about it or whatever details you can divulge specific with the kind of work that you're doing now. And then also, have you been affected by the COVID-19 and what you're doing in your world to mitigate some of the effects of it? Um, yeah, so the first part, uh, what, I've, what I generally do is um, I have a, a, what I call a no-code agency. It's just me, so it's essentially no-code freelancing. Um, but I think what, what you're alluding to, what we were talking about earlier, is I've, I've been working a lot more with a specific um, no code tool that's not released yet. Um, and it's called builder. And I'm, I'm just, I've been focusing a lot of my time on projects for them and I'm, I'm doing like their website and their community stuff, but also working closely awesome. with them. So I've been focusing a lot of my time there. Um, and I think for the other part, you know, because I already work from home and because I already am remote in everything and all that, um, I feel actually like I haven't been affected day to day as much by the, the COVID stuff. And in fact, I've seen an increase in inbound um, like leads and, and people that, that have decided to build stuff. And I do actually think it's related to COVID. Uh, I'm not sure, but probably all the time people are spending at home, maybe, I don't know. So I've, I've been, I feel like I've been busier since COVID. Um, and at the same time, I've been seeing a lot of my uh, longer term clients and people and associates and stuff like that. I've been seeing some businesses suffer and I'm starting to see the effects. And it reminds me a ton of 2008 when I also owned a business and went through it. And like, I see the writing on the wall. So, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly at ease or anything, but 
today, my business is kind of just running as per usual. Awesome, man. Um, and one, I'm happy for that. Uh, and it's good to hear that you already were prepared without even knowing that you were prepared for this particular world. Good <laughs> all. And, um, let me also ask, uh, what are the biggest challenges for not only you, but also just the no code world? And how do you combat them? And that could be sales, that could be uh, maybe a lack of knowledge, because clearly it's a newer movement, if you will, and sort of where it, it started and where you see it going. Yeah, I, th I think there's two main challenges right now. The first one is is like an adoption challenge. Um, but, you know, it's like if, if you're a business or you're a non-technical person, I feel like the adoption's easy. You learn about no code, it clicks, and you're like, yes, you know, it just makes sense. But there's an adoption challenge amongst developers. Um, there's kind of this, this uh, like feeling that no code isn't professional, or you can't, or there's limits, or you can't really do higher end stuff. And um, sometimes that's true, but overall, it's really not true. Uh, one of the reasons I love this this platform builder that I, I mentioned is that they're virtually limitless. Like you're you're building these really wild things without code. Um, so I think that's a challenge is, is getting people to understand that it's not anti-code because sometimes you write code with no code or sometimes you supplement or, you know, whatever, you use code concepts. So it's not anti-code, um, but it has that, has that challenge. And then I think the other challenge um, that's, that's kind of big is it's really easy to build things with no code, like to, to build an application or to build a website but it's still really hard to build a business. So there's a lot of people now that are building up products in a week and building up products in a month. And then it's like, you know, they still have to do all the other stuff, like find customers and, and market and monetize and all that. So I think that's going to be the, the next challenge is, is people see this awesome opportunity to build all these businesses and everyone's going nuts right now. But the next step is going to be like, oh, we have to learn how to really finish this off and not just make the product itself, but also make the rest of the business. That's amazing, man. Um, and it, what I like is that in some respects, you sort of uh, just kind of ended up here. Um, it, would you call us some ha happy, uh, what's a good, what's the term, uh, serendipitous, if you will? Or do you feel as though you have purposely focused here? Like, what, where, what, where is it that like the fork in the road was for you? And you're like, this makes sense. I yeah, well, I, I wrote an article like five years ago for Smashing Magazine about this stuff. And it was before I was even really into it, but I saw... Squarespace and Wix basically. And I wrote about how they're they're coming for the our agency jobs, they're coming for our website jobs, and like we need to be prepared, like that kind of article. Nice. It was, it was poorly received, you know, like no one really wanted to hear it from like, the audience was website developers. And um it, it really wasn't it, in my mind when I was writing it, I was like all pumped up on it, and then it kind of wasn't received well, and I figured out oh, maybe I'm a little early, maybe I was I was a little ahead of myself. And so I just kind of like went on, you know, doing business as usual. And then the serendipitous part is that for whatever reason, it just kind of like came back into fashion and, it, and it's like became this movement kind of like right under my feet. So that part was, was totally happenstance. Awesome, man. And you had mentioned it earlier uh, that maybe there are more eyeballs glued to computer screens that are bringing in bringing you more leads, but you're a solopreneur in a, in a lot of regards. Would you agree? Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. So how, so this could go, I'm not, I'm probably going to steal your idea again, um, Drew, just so you know, but for those of us who are in this world or want to be in this world, that would be me. 
but those of us or people who run similar or very lean, if as the people on LinkedIn would say, mm-hmm. how do you attract the business that you've done? And I, I don't want to downplay the amount of work that you have already done. I mean, you've already, you mentioned an article that you were writing that was talking about this five years ago. Clearly there's been a lot of things that you've done in the, in the interim, but where do you find, or how do you find that you're getting income in business? I think that, um, well, I know that it's all from being sort of like a, a figure in the no code community. Like I know right now that's where all my business is coming from. And so that's like a couple of things. That's Twitter, which I'm just out there talking to people and doing things. That's like some Slack groups. Um, and then some referrals as I've, as I've gotten to know people in the no code world, then, you know, they refer me for these kind of no code jobs. Um, and I think what's interesting about it is that when I was marketing myself as like any websites or any marketing, I was just kind of a general person. I had a really hard time finding those like generating consistent incoming leads. It was like a lot of referral and a lot of outgoing stuff and being being in the no code niche, I think just kind of like makes it so easy. I really think that's what it is. It's not really me. It's just that because it's, it's so niche and small, mm-hmm. um, you know, when people need someone to do this kind of work with no code, my name just comes up maybe, I don't know, but it's, it's because of that. And so that's where all these leads are coming from. And I think with the people staying at home and possibly with people losing their jobs, the idea of like, I'm going to start up my own company or I'm going to start this business idea I had and I can use this, cool new thing I learned about no code. I think that resonates with people and then they, they look for someone to help them and they find me and, and that's how it works. Dude. Uh, so I want to point something out to everybody. And if you can't tell already, Drew's really down to earth, super cool guy. But I think a couple things to point out, he and I both met, um, he has a, you, is Joustless still, it's still up. I mean, I still get it. Yeah, we're, we're actually, we have a lot of plans to redo like kind of like a, like a next yeah. version of it. So it should be cool soon. I don't know when, but. Awesome. So um, Joustless, everybody is a job search application. Um, if I were to characterize it, and I might be completely wrong here, it is a, a better version of Excel, which a lot of people I'm sure are using to keep track if you are putting a voluminous amount of uh, job applications out there, which is what I was doing. Yeah. And. Um, I think in some way I was connected to your co-founder, John, and uh, he put a, a LinkedIn post out there um, talking about it. And I thought, what the hell? Let me try it. And um, it connected me to Drew as a result. And then I, because of the agency work, I was like, you know what? I, I, if you guys are open to it, I'll give you some feedback. That's what I'm trying to draw out here is that Drew is the kind of person that's willing to take the feedback and listen to it. I don't think you, it didn't sound to me, uh, nor did I get any hint of underlying um, anger that I was saying, hey, there, here's some issues with the platform or whatever it is. And y'all were very open to it. And I, I, that, I that to me like made me realize like, oh man, these guys are um, cool dudes and are willing to learn just as much as I was. Would you, you know, I, I, and I, I really appreciate that, man. So thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you have to be like that to do anything substantial right now. You know, it's all about listening to what people want and, not getting upset if it's not what you had in mind and reacting. It's, it's really like the, the current way to build a business is to kind of just mm-hmm. do that. Awesome, man. Um, so for you, where do you just kind of go with where the wind's taking you in a, in a way? Or is there something that you're focusing on to help 
uh, grow or, or maybe, maybe you're like, uh, you're like, I don't need to be like the Nike, um, CEO, Phil Knight and make billions of dollars. Like, how do you, you know, what I gather from you is that it's not total ambition. I got to grow at all costs. You're, you seem to be pretty content as long as you're, as long as you're able to get work and, and produce and make projects that finish. Do you have anything that you're focused on or may I ask? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good question because I'm definitely not interested in like growing huge, but I am very interested in becoming super efficient. So like increasing revenue by becoming efficient rather than by like just growing, growing, growing. And so I try to automate as much as I can and I try to do repeatable processes. And even even as like a a freelancer or an agency. I try to have kind of like repeatable services and not just be so open-ended, like all these little things to, to make myself basically be able to make a, the, the most money possible in the least amount of time kind of thing. And, um, sure. and to grow my, my real, my, my goal or my like passion, I love just making, just having all these products. So my goal for the last couple of years has been to switch off of the client work and onto just kind of like an array of products, like a, a lot of, okay small, calm products that aren't big and aren't getting funding and going crazy, but that make it, you know, earn me a good living as a solo founder. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, th- and that's actually potentially changing because, you know, now that this, the no code movement is taking off and I've, I've been working closely with this platform and, and actually focusing less on my side projects than I have been. So who knows where that'll take me or where that'll lead. But, um, you know, that, that idea of this is what I'm going to do with my life has been sort of, I've been rethinking it recently. So we'll see, because I'd be really excited to kind of, as a no-code evangelist, I'd be really excited to, to help bring this product out to people and, and show people really what no-code can do, basically. That's amazing, man. And uh, no-code evangelist is exactly what he is. And I worship at the altar of no-code at the moment. Um, and we'll continue to do so. So the, the beauty of what I hope everybody's hearing and you know, Drew, please set me straight if, if I miss any of this, is that um, clearly you are evolving as are the ability for these applications to be useful and utilitarian. And so you're finding yourself on developing products that is, are making income streams. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I found you by happenstance, but if there's somebody out there listening to, to this and doesn't have the background that neither of us have, what advice would you give them? And they're a small business owner. So that's the profile. They're a small business owner in today's day and age. And it might be the next entrepreneur, however it is that you might characterize that. What would be your, your advice to them if looking at this particular world? Looking at the world of no code or the world of COVID? Um, <laughs> so good point. So how about this? The world of no code from the COVID lens? Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, the obvious answer from the COVID lens might be that with no code, you can kind of take your idea that you were going to do or take your side project that wasn't making money and try to make money on it or that kind of thing, which I think is great advice, COVID or not. Like, you know, no code would allow people um, to start a business. But I think also if you are a business and especially if you're a business that's affected and you need to cut costs or you need to, to become more efficient, no code is the answer to that as well. So like that, that might mean automating a bunch of things using Zapier, or it might mean 
building something new sales and marketing wise that you wouldn't be able to do before, you know, something a little more creative or out of the box. Um, but I would say my advice would be to kind of maybe get creative with that kind of stuff and think about ways that you really can use computers to save you money and time and ways that you can use technology and computers and all this, you know, this new technology stuff we have and, and really get creative and think outside the box of whether it's marketing or reaching people or forming a community, that kind of thing. Um, and, and my advice is that is kind of like get creative and get efficient because it's really the only thing we can do right now. Great point. And that uh, we almost have, it's like evolved. What is the, uh, there's a guy that I follow online and I can't remember what the name of the individual he's quoting, but he's like stillness is death in mm. a lot of ways. A lot of ways that's what I'm hearing, except he, he teaches people how to do counter terrorist shit. So, um, <laughs> and, but clearly, clearly that's not this, but um, it is a little bit different, but I do feel in a lot of ways it, it goes to like learning, growing, adapting, changing. And uh, what I, I don't want anybody who's listening to this and going through the throes or in the middle of uh, being affected by COVID, and then they've got, you know, they've got their own issues to work through and maybe are not growing. Like, you, if, you take it as you will. But if you have the opportunity, absolutely use this as an opportunity to evolve. Yeah. Um, so what's next for you once we get off the, the line? Do you go back and do you start building for builder or do you take a break? Tell us a little, what your, your daily looks like so that people can understand like, Hey, he's a real person, not a machine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I actually have a call right after this with, with builder because we're, we're going over their site to launch next week. Um, so that's kind of my day to day recently has been a lot of calls with them and a lot of work with them on their platform. Um, but normally I, it includes really a lot of things. So I, I sort of, I split my time between two clients a week and then side projects. And so that's kind of how I usually allocate, but I, I do a lot of personal time and a lot of breaks in between work sprints and that kind of thing. And I, I do a lot of, uh, you know, stuff that people wouldn't think of to be more efficient that has to do with not working. And that's really kind of my goal in work and life. So that's, that's my daily is like, as being as efficient and working as little as possible without, you know, not working. Cause I do love to work and I do love to get things done. Oh, that's awesome, man. And uh, th I think that that's important to point out that you don't need to be a billionaire. And uh, clearly that I feel like you kind of understand that you also understand that like you got a lane and you're sticking with it. Um, and uh, once again, I'm going to steal many, many, many ideas from you um, if you allow me to do so. And I appreciate you Ooh. being open. <laughs> where where can people find you and uh why, what are some things that you want to promote um i think well the 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 place to find me is workandwhistle.co and that's my my agency site but nice. uh the thing I'd, I'd promote maybe is no code list so if you're if you're hearing this and you're interested in no code i i run this list and it's got i think 180 something um tools on it and they're split into like 45 categories. So it's just a, a bunch of information. But I think what it is really is it, it just gives you a sense of the, the scope of the, the industry or the, I guess the industry, whatever you call this movement. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of the, some of the more wild things that are out there. Um, so that's <laughs> notnodelist.co. And then, yeah, if, if uh, Joustless is still going. So if you, if you were interested in that, you heard about it, that's joustless.com. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think that's good. I, you know, I have so many things I can promote. I want to, that, that's good for now. I don't want to overwhelm. All right, everybody. And thank you, Drew, for jumping on the show. Everybody, that was Drew Thomas. He is the No Code Evangelist. And I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of years ago. He's got a lot of things going on. There's Work and Whistle, workandwhistle.co, no, the No Code List, nocodelist.co, Joust List. This is something that I use, joustlist.com. You can find him on the Twitter at True Drew Co. That's True Drew Co. His no, code, his no code native app that he mentioned earlier is at yesterdaysweather.com. And then the no code, no code tool that he mentioned is builder.com. But builder is B-I-L-D-R.com. B-I-L-D-R.com. And last but not least, the article that was talked about earlier in the episode, you can find it at Smashing Magazine Advanced Website Wilt Builders. I'm going to put all the links in the description. Everybody, it's a brand new day and age when they talk about democratization of the interwebs he's on the forefront and it's a beautiful thing to watch hopefully you can take part and that you enjoyed the conversation thanks a lot until next time love you bye